0: Kind of share you have in common is that you're both real underground. Like your stuff was real funny and your stuff was
1: your stuff was cool, but it was never really. I don't think it ever got as big as as it could have been. I think both y'all. What? How do y'all feel about like?
0: Well, I go the for resp- it. Yeah. That's not exactly true about underground because his stuff get a lot of outplay.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, shake your thing on that got out play yeah yeah so it's not totally underground you know but well,
2: still that's like a song out of like you had said 60 albums yeah
0: yeah huh that's the one song i, I mean about 60 albums and no it's one amazing. of the biggest yeah. record i have that was on the pop chart for eight months was uh rap dirty Oh, yeah? yeah. Not and see he knows not yeah. the dirty version we had a clean version yeah. for airplay.
1: Yeah.
0: We called Blo Fly Rock. My rap was dirty and my line was mean and now it's time for Blue Fly to sing with a boot a boot a boot boot boot. And that's what they play and then on the other side there was the uh, son of a bitches and motherfuckers and stuff. Uh-huh.
2: But see yeah. but but people don't realize that Blowfly has written about four thousand tunes. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, on BMI and ASCAP. Well, you've had a lot, you've had hits and stuff. And he's had he hits, other artists. he's had hits, he's written songs for the people that a lot of the straight artists around here sing. For instance, Angela Straley does one of his tunes, The Clean Up Woman. Mm-hmm. He, you know, and, uh, and and he had that, uh, he, wrote, he wrote some songs for KC, too. So he's, he's he's actually, as a songwriter, he has, been, he's very accomplished. Well, you, you know,
0: we're this close to getting a deal my company, if you don't get it with my company, he gonna get it with another company. This guy at the end of the year is gonna be huge. You for me because he, well, he, sexually, a huge. Anyway, I'm hoping to yeah. be with the company on here. <laughs> but what it is or not, he's got some stuff that will blow your mind, especially the. Uh, well, I've been not give I let me know to you better. Well,
1: what was when did you when was your start though? When did you first start releasing things? About what year?
0: And you won't tell tell how old I am now. Let me see. It was 17. No. <laughs> yeah,
1: <not> <laughs> 17.
0: <laughs> it was a very good year. I, I used to take songs like in the uh, 50s. Everybody seen me in the world would have a hit record except me. Mm-hmm. And I'm scuffling. I knew Mars Lee, all the guys from, R- from Roulette and in uh, Washington, all of them. And I like help him with the range of the stuff, but I never could get this one myself. So as an art revenge, I would take this song like Nat King Cole, because he wouldn't let me in to see his show one time. You know, he was crying. <laughs> yeah. And I took a song about, um, you know, they tried to tell us we're too young. Remember that? Mm-hmm. So I changed the song around. My mother was mad with me for a year for and I said, uh, <laughs> Everybody think Ned King Cole is a perfect nigga, you know, you don't fuck with no white girls. I said, bullshit. I said, he had this a white girl in the dressing room. And after fucking her, he looked in the mirror and said, They tried to tell us we're too home, too home for fucking some white bitch tone. And as I listened to the little bitch scream, I realized I should have used more Vaseline. Dick, you're the star. I guess we are too home. That's what started. My grandmother thought it was delirious. My mother hated it with a passion, you know, so, uh, from that I started uh, singing stuff and Henry would come and listen to him on the piano and Flip Wilson, which living in Miami at the time, told him they should record me on this stuff. And I was already just beginning to cut records as uh, Clarence Reed there. Yeah. And so I couldn't use that name. So uh, my grandmother said, you should use the blowfly. That's the nastiest shit in the world. They lay eggs on dead things and (laughs) they (laughs) turn into (laughs) maggots. So we started doing blowfly and um, I tried to make it short. My grandmother knew about it, Mm -hmm. but my mother didn't. She's religious. She prays for churches and all kind of stuff around there. I had about (laughs) four. my fourth album was out before my mother actually found out with me. One of the deacons of the church. You know how deacons are. Really? They go pray, and oh, you got to you know, serve God. And during the week, they listen to these dirty red fox and shit. Mm-hmm. So, this <laughs> is the truth. So, he knew about me. And he was, my, my mother pissed him off about something. So, he said, Well, you thank you so much? you thank your on the saint. He is blah, Did you know that shit? <laughs> my mother, ah, you you know, he's, uh, what's his name? Reverend Jacob. Reverend Jacob, that is low. You, you apologize for saying that about my son. And I'm in the corner, like you said, because I'm Get it. She finally found out, and all hell broke loose. But my grandmother them they always like it. My mother's never seen this blowfly.
1: No.
0: Yeah, my grandmother, which is dead, has but they had. But uh, my mother refused to go to a blowfly show. Yes. She would love Dino now. Yeah. She would think Dino is a nice guy, So he sings nice, clean songs. <laughs> she don't know that other side of him that we know. <laughs> <laughs> Your
1: music had a lot to, in common with rap music, as far as 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 far as looking at it, and looking at rap now, and, and the way you put together your songs, I mean,
0: lyrically and still. Right, well, well, right. well I won't do like the rest of them. The rest of them. Like, I won't never claim to start started rap, but yeah. in 1960, I made a rap record to a Shepherd beat.
1: Yeah.
0: One of them old, uh, uh, what's the name of the band that put out? da 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 yeah, my mother know him and he had a shovel and he said just get in there and mess around with it. So I did this song about a, somewhere in this land, a woman and a man sneaks into the woods. I bet they up to no good. Why nobody knows except that's where they often goes. Where the woods are thick is that's where they get the kick. It seems very odd. You can hardly tell them apart because they both wear beards. But hippie. The show is weird. seems very strange though they both be arranged with a guy named Bitch and a, Mitch and a chick named Stitch, but which one is which? They call them the Oddballs, you know, they, the gay guy uh-huh. with, the, with their beard, that was at 60. And I played hearing them. They thought it was the worst shit in the world. We don't <laughs> fucking want you talking. We want you to sing. Nigga, can't you sing? So then uh, about 10 years later, here come uh, Sugar Hill again, yeah, Shirley with uh, Robert lightning. Don't you have some of that stuff? I said, yeah, about 100 years ago, and y'all said it was a piece of shit. So we dug it out and re re-cut it. But it really, Rap Dirty it was originally named Oddball. That I did it in the 60s. You know, we changed it around right and updated it for the 70s. Did
2: y'all have, it? do you think, do you feel you had some sort of influence on some of the, the rappers out of Miami? Like, they're primarily nasty. Oh, well, I don't like know about up here, but there. definitely
0: out of Miami. What happened was, Dino will tell you, the DJs up here, y'all have so many commercials going on, yeah. they can't talk no shit during the record the before the record. They got to say, uh, it's, it's half past nine going to blah, 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 and the record started and did da da and put it on. But in Miami, the Jock in the 50s and 60s would talk all kinds of shit. Hold the record, doing the record, you had to call them, motherfucker, shut the fuck up and let the record play. So that's what we got the rap from, satellite and all them guys. We used to talk through the record, you know. They would give the numbers on the hand, you know what I mean? uh the time of this record is 13 13. now that ain't time of the record to get you letting you know what fucking number that just came out mm-hmm. yeah.
2: how do you look at rap nowadays or the way it's
0: evolved well with the, the do you have any they,
1: connection with like
0: any rap music? would yeah, you yeah with nwa and a lot of the groups Now we should be here again but they they were real rappers yeah. In uh Dino, you see that stuff Dino dudes on one of this song. That is rap, see it's a one. A lot of the guys can't get less of interrupt this yeah. sometime. Child was born with no sense of mind. Ba-ba-ba. that's not rap. Mm-hmm. That's talk. Mm-hmm. Rap taken from the word rapid, I mean that's a blow by knocks, clay on song so the ass boys and girls both black and bikes gonna rap in yeah, they ass to get that's raggedy. That's that's rapping. Yeah. You know, but the guys they ain't talented enough to do it like that, so they slowly beat down so they can able to get it in there. But I can take your great great granddaddy, mm-hmm. if he's still living, and cut him on a rap record like that. You know? <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> How long have y'all two been doing things together? Well,
0: it seemed like forever. We was doing this movie, Swiss uh, World of Blowfly, and uh, Dina was there. And I hit it off with Dina right, right away because at first I thought it was a cameraman. Then Jimmy, Jimmy was saying, Why you hear guy perform? I'm going to take you to see this motherfucker perform. And I went to see dinner before me. You would think Edwards would that himself. People packed there and shit. And the girl was trying to get him to go on stage. And he was back to stage fixing his hair. And he delayed the show an hour and a half. I said, I got to where I would get." When is the bitch going on stage? Boy, he went on. He run a up. The, from the time I met him, he was like that. He's the only closest thing I've seen to James Brown, for his running a tight show. Oh yeah. Because Michael, I don't count them because they have all of this. Different shit and lights that open up in stage, but I'm talking about for pure entertaining. What people pay you to see, they can band with brakes in it and all that shit. And when they come off stage, you can't wear that uniform no more. You got to take it and get it clean because that's that's hard work. And that's you can't beat hard work. Mm-hmm.
2: If you yeah. don't, if you look as good as you look when you went on the stage, is when you get off and you weren't working, right?
0: Yeah, that's that, that's what James once said. James yeah. said, if you look as good as, when you come off stage when you went on because you used to criticize like Jerry Buller. Jerry Butler would never have a rink under the suit. <laughs> said, Somebody need to shoot the motherfucker. <laughs> but you can't uh, you can't replace hard work for fans and they, that's what make fans come back like you do Dino because he works hard on the And he do shit that I can't do. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd pass out if I did all that shit he'd be doing everything. I can sing and cuss motherfuckers that, but he would be jumping up and down. And <laughs> <laughs> so that's what
2: he does. He's cuss his mother motherfuckers out and jump up and down. And we're a pretty good team. When did you start out, though? And what was the first? What was your first project called? Well, like first band. I don't know. I mean, I've been doing this since about five years old. My right? mom was a singer, so I mean, it's. I've been doing this for years. I've been doing. Are you band. you out of Austin originally? Uh, well, let's just say that. I kind of what I'm doing now. I started out of Austin. When yeah. I was in L.A., I grew up in the California L.A. area, and I was doing other stuff. But as far as what I'm doing now, I started this about 1984, mm-hmm. and uh, and right. in 1984 we started out here in Austin, and uh, just kind of been going through you know different changes along the way. But it, I, it's not the same music as it was back then. Yeah, I mean it was it was like it was compared to James Brown a lot uh, but it wasn't as hard as it is now it's a little bit harder so you know we been we changed the music according to the musicians I've I've got in the band at that time the musicians that I had I had just come to town I got a lot of old school guys and so you know this stuff's going to sound you can't really change a guy's style of playing it's going to be a, a exactly, certain way yeah. so yeah. now I play with a lot more radical players and the stuff's a lot harder so and it's for me. I like it. Uh, it's a little more interesting because of the, uh, it's. You know, it's a little more abstract. It's, it's you don't usually hear the kind of uh, rhythm section that I have and the kind of guitar playing that I have in my band with a horn section playing. You know, James Brown style music.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Is I'd say James Brown just because it's you know it's.
1: Yeah, I mean, He's I mean, like I mean, he
2: kind of epitomizes I mean. the word funk. I mean, yeah. no one's done it any better than this guy. So we kind of take that concept and we like expand on it and. and Make it a more of a surreal situation.
0: You know? it's more like, a and I'm gonna say this to guys like him and James Brown and George Clinton. Them, they're musicians, best friends. Because all the other motherfuckers, and even Michael, when he go to Europe, they got tapes. Yeah. That means musicians is out of work. But you can't beat the kind of shit he do. Everybody can't do that. Everybody can't play funk or cut funk. That's when he's a he, he a rare species. You know, I come my Bible's producer. Mm-hmm. You know, a songwriter who would cut this girl for Dino, and I'm a spare time when I ain't doing nothing, I would do Blowfly, mm-hmm. But Blowfly got so big, my ass had to hit the road, you know, but uh, Dino's a full-fledged entertainer, you know, plus he <laughs> writes and uh, produces and... Mm-hmm. Well, see, the
2: thing was blowflying, with the way we hooked up, was uh, Jimmy Maslin was a friend of mine. He did this movie, Blood Diner, that I was in. And so that's why I went back to California because Jimmy hooked me up with some engagements and some movie connections and stuff. So we went out there. I worked on a few movies. I was uh, in about three or four movies out there. And, and you know, he was kind of like arranging gigs for me. We were doing a lot, of, a lot of gigs out in LA. One day he asked me, he says, "Have you ever heard of this guy Blowfly?" And I said, "Yeah, man. In Texas, a friend of mine told me about him about 1984." Because at the time, I was doing a song called Everybody Gets Some,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I, I, this song, what it is, it's a, a song that I made up, because w- when I was in high school, in junior high school, we had a thing called Playing the Dozens, yeah. and so I used to, I took those lyrics of this Playing the Dozens thing, I put music to it, and around 83, we started 84, we started doing this tune called Everybody Gets Some, so uh, cats would hear that song and say, have you ever heard of a guy named Blowfly, and I said, no, he said, well, you, this is kind of what he does, Then you kind of sound like him, you remind me of him. <laughs> And I said, no, I never, never met the guy or heard of him. And then uh, when I went to L.A. around 80, uh, 88, Jimmy says to me, yeah, man, I, mean, I ever heard of this guy Blowfly. I says, I've heard of him, but I'm, I can't really say I've heard his music. And then uh, Jimmy started playing it for me. I tell you, I, I take it back. By then I'd heard Blowfly's music, because in Texas we have a, a few of his records out here, so there's mm-hmm. girl who on his records. And I became a Blowfly fan. Then, I, then Jimmy asked if I'd ever heard of him, and I said that, I, that I'd heard of him. But uh, he goes, well, you know much about him. And I, so I told Jimmy what I knew about Blowfly. So Jimmy got real curious. He looked in the back of one of the records, and anyway, on one of these records, not these, but one that he had, there was the name of an engineer who engineered the Blowfly album. So Jimmy called up Florida and got the guy's number out of the phone book. Mm-hmm. Through the engineer, he hooked up with Blowfly. So then, Jimmy brought Blowfly out to L.A., we did some concerts with him. So around 88, we did our first concerts with Blowfly, and through the band that that Jimmy assembled, through his friends, uh, I met uh, a keyboard player who I worked with, went to Europe, and he hooked me up with the horn players that we're using tonight. Uh, Reggie Reggie Young from Earth, Wind & Fire, Janet yeah, Jackson exactly. uh, and Janet Jackson and, and Phil Collins, the soul of soul, and you name it, he's play with these people, and then uh, Fernando, who's playing with us as well, he plays with Fishbone and Dino Ross, people like that, and uh, all the soul, all the uh, delicious vinyl stuff he's played on. He did yeah. all the Tone Loke stuff and everything. Plus, uh, a guy named Ray uh, Ray Brown, who also is an Earth, Wind, and Fire, Phil Collins' and other bands, and numerous. Foreign players I met. We got a tremendous band together. Yeah. So we did a bunch of shows uh, with Blowfly. Someone, Rudy Ray Moore, and Blowfly. And uh, we just became friends, man. It was weird because we had so much in common. It, but man. it wasn't like we had to plan anything. We just went up on stage. Like I started singing this tune one night, and he starts like singing lyrics to it without even <laughs> knowing the song, oh, yeah? and it worked, and so we just did it like that. so sure
0: did what that come in so good.
2: People said, how long did you guys work that song out, or what? Did you write that together? a so, no. And They never would believe it. Together. They never
0: would believe it. shit, they always trying to make yeah. it so hard. They rehearsed on this song. I didn't know what he would do. I just, I actually thought he was going to get me and say, blah, blah, shut the fuck up. I just oh, came man. in and started humming some shit. He did, and he loves it, too. To be successful a this, but you got to love it. And Dino loves it. He works hard at all this stuff. And if a little thing goes wrong, he likes to try to get it right. And that's when he reminded me so much of James Brown. He used to charge the people $50 a note by hitting a wrong note. But you're supposed to be a C, and your hand goes on like that. C sharp, so that's $50. And the reason he found out he would have it, these real, real tapes and stuff. So, and Dino like that. Yeah, but a a on stage. No, no, good again. Are you? No, no, the other motherfucker. You know, it are supposed to be a thing. I said, how the fuck did he pick out that shit?
2: <laughs> when? Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. When did you start releasing things? So you had, you had, you had some albums. Yeah, yeah, in '83, we had a record out with a a band I worked with called the Whirlybirds. Birds. And then we didn't. We put out a record on Rhino and 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 a. In a, in a Forty-five on a French label,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and then in '85 we put out the first album, King of White Trash, was on a French label called uh, New Rose. New Rose, And yeah. I got, I got, I, know, I got four or five records, about five records with them.
1: Yeah.
2: So now I'm trying to get something going on in America. And, um, was the
1: Rhino release the only domestic release? Or?
2: For the worldly birds, yeah. Yeah. Yeah everything i've done now has been in france all the all my records have been in france because i see i don't have time to solicit my material i don't have an agent i don't have a manager and so as a result i i I took the deal that i got it was convenient i've been over there to put me on tours it's fun to go over there you know generate some income Mm
1: -hmm.
2: but uh, now i'm kind of taking time from playing i'm not playing as much and i'm just out here working uh to record and get some kind of domestic interest and you have you toured, you've toured through, throughout Europe right oh yeah and that yeah. was basically that was like your own thing you got to I mean were you with anyone or was that just you and your bands when you got to do I that? brought some guys from over here yeah. I, over. I mean you got to do that as like build as Dino Lee oh yeah Tom Dino Lee is yeah. Love Johnson yeah mm-hmm. you know Love Johnson is my backup band mm-hmm. so mainly you see Dino Lee that's the, that's usually what you'll see as, a, as it's build, but the Love Johnson is the band I use and that's been my band for six or seven years you know, it was the white trash with you a long time yeah. ago but I, as I changed the musicians and I got a harder sound I thought it was a little too pokey of a name so I went <laughs> through love Johnson
1: mm-hmm.
2: and that's, that's I like that name that's just like
1: Have you been able to tour throughout the United States or has it been more just
2: yeah when I lived in Austin we had an extensive uh, tour through uh, the Midwest the south and the uh, East Coast all the way to Canada. Yeah. And we have uh, a pretty good following, you know, throughout the college towns. Like I'd say, especially like in Indiana, Nebraska,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, New York. Uh, even in Canada, we received pretty well. So yeah, we got it. We, we but we got that from the MTV stuff we did. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, uh, filmed on the Austin. with uh, an Austin show they did uh, on MTV called the Cutting Edge. Show, IRS Records puts that out. So we were doing that, we got a lot of attention. As a result, the town got a lot of attention. Rolling Stone came out and uh, Spin and all different magazines newsweek. But, uh, yeah, so we're just now just trying to, you know, get an American release. Mm
1: -hmm. Have y'all
0: done any touring together? Has it been made basically? No, we planned on, that's the next thing. He was planning on working on with Bowen and some people in Europe, Yeah, so that would be good. If you could take that show that he got together now. Yeah. Because everybody get along. See, the thing with fuck shows up is not the lack of talent, uh, too much talent. It's motherfuckers not communicating. Yeah. You know, all those mean Dino never butt heads. He's the boss, he runs the shit. You know, and he respect me and I respect him, because I know how much talent is. And musician, he'd be telling my uh, we're not going to do that tune, we're going to do this. I there, cause when I it was, when the first time I met him, I checked in my rehearsal, I worked how he had a musician. Yeah, oh no, 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 no. You have screwing up the beginning, blah, blah, blah. blah. And they got on copper attitude. And you know, mm-hmm. with the guys he got. And that's why he will work. You know, when people see you, if an agent comes with a lot of money, the first thing they're gonna check out is how everybody get along. And if they get along, then they go check out how talent the show is with the opposite that the show is talent. When we check out how everything is gold, they will say, Well, I don't have to worry about getting sued because they have the cancel five shows. Because some the motherfuckers fighting among themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that would the age that would scare the Asians to death. And this would work because everybody liked each other. Have you been
1: able to do any touring or mm. have you been able to do any touring as blowfly over your career? Uh not
0: the long length than the longest length of time I did was a month and a half in Europe as Blowfly. Yeah. Yeah, but then and, but that was me and it was with some people that didn't know they had from a hole in the ground and they had this attitude and all kinda of shit. So if you're the story, you got to put up with that shit and say, I'm going to put up with it and get the tour over with. So you can't do your best when you got to watch, you know, all this bullshit of watching people causing you. If, Dino, if this Dino's review, and I go out and fuck a six-year-old, it's going to come out as, Dino's show is fucked up. No, no,
2: come on, I would
0: have fucked a six-year-old. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're going to blame it on. So you got to make sure that shit is the government. Yeah, yeah, so...
2: The thing is that what we do is, uh, instead of having two separate bands, it's really amazing because people have a hard time comprehending, and it just shows the way uh, <clears throat> society conditions uh, the American public. In America, you're conditioned to to be very uh, segregated in your tastes, in music, and food, and in, uh, in uh, baseball, whatever. It's like, I call it the baseball mentality. It's like you like a certain band, and all of a sudden it becomes your home team versus their home team. Now I have people come to the show and I now hear people say, Well, when's Blowfly gonna play? And I say, Well, Blowfly's gonna play right at at midnight. And they say, Well, when are you gonna play? I said, I'm gonna play at midnight. Well how how's it that you both are gonna play? I mean like when is Blowfly gonna go on? You know, and i say this and then some guys will say, Well when's
0: when's Dino gonna play? Yeah, 'cause I'd be yeah. out there and the, the other guy would holler on, Oh, I wanna have Dino sing with this song, everybody get some. You mm-hmm. don't get up we are together, if you're bragging on me the whole show, you know. But the point I'm making
2: is like the style of the show that we do is a, what we would call a review. We have one backup band and and we do uh, a couple songs each and a couple songs
0: uh, by yeah, ourselves okay.
2: and a couple songs together. Mm-hmm. Which is what was uh, the old style. Yeah.
0: We, they
2: would take a busload of artists, three, four, you know, main acts, with one backup band, and they would go traveling all over the United States together, and we could conceivably do that with another artist that would you know we could get along with, whomever that might Me. be. We've worked with other artists, but it's not as compatible as just both by myself. Right. And uh, but when we're together, see, we just basically merge the two shows together, and it's a lot more fun for everybody. There's no downtime. <clears throat> when we get on the stage to the time we get off, it's
0: nonstop music. if you to watch the audience last night, it's like those guys must have been together for. T- for a hundred years, you know, they like each other, so they can't help but they like it, you know. Mm-hmm. So sure mm-hmm. well, and really, he runs the good show, with it's out of he runs good show. It's bizarre mm-hmm. because
2: people don't—they they have a hard time dealing with that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: They just don't understand. They think they're going to see two separate bands, and it's not.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, it's just—it's different music. His music is a lot different than mine. Yeah. I mean, I guarantee you, it's like almost like two different bands. But, but uh, you know, I put a little more edge in the band, my band's a little more edge to it. So even when we play his music, it's a little different, but
0: but the songs are rattled. I would say a lot of them are radically different. What I like about them is they versatile. Yeah. But sometimes Dina would do something like a hard rock. You'd think it's cold grits up there, one of them hard rock bands. <laughs> and then you go, blow fly, I got to come up there and do something. Now they got to go from acid rock to a <laughs> nigger funk. And they do it, they come right down to do it. And I'd be on stage shaking my head, I'd say, boy, if I had these bitches in Europe, me and Dino would be rich when we come out here because they love to spend money on good reviews over there. That's what George. That's the only thing to keep George Clinton and them going. Yeah, um, how do
1: y'all rehearse? Do y'all re- have y'all rehearsed this show? Or yeah. Well, called? I have it easy.
0: Yeah. Dino be done did all the work when I get here, and all I had to do was just run over the song or something like that yeah. when I get him. But it's easy with him. He has and what he was talking about a manager a while ago. That's another reason he got to get a lot of credit because yeah. usually if he got a manager. A manager's out there doing all this stuff he's doing. A agent. they taking care of it. They're making this sure this beat blah, 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 blah. And then all he have to do is concentrate on music 100% of the time. But remember, this motherfucker's got to be the agent and the manager and worry about getting paid and, and the bitch on the, promoter, of, the of the money, yep. and the tickets and promotion and getting out promoting the shit. Then they got to come in and be a band arrangement and make sure all the motherfuckers are playing it together. Then they got to worry about the personality clash and got all that shit together. So whatever money he makes, he earns it. Well, the uh,
2: the thing is, like I try to arrange this show in uh, certain venues in this town and outside of town as well, and I got such a a lukewarm, you know, response Mm -hmm. that I just said, well, you know, I'll just do it myself because I mean, I mean, you know, if they say, well, nobody knows who you are, nobody knows who this guy is, or whatever, I said, well, man, you're a promoter, then why don't you promote? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If you go out and promote the show, people are gonna know who we are. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, so I basically just did it myself with a couple other guys and uh, we've been promoting the hell out of this show and we we get a good crowd as a result. But uh, if I wasn't, um, if I wasn't, uh, you know, in a band I didn't have, that was not my main gig, I think I would be a manager or a promoter because I tell you, there's no managers or promoters in this town Mm -hmm. and I will say that beyond a shadow of a doubt, there's not one that's qualified in this town to manage uh, Denny's. Oh, that is fucking 7-Eleven. And <laughs> yeah. you would be
0: fucking surprised. It's like that in most of the time, yeah. too. In big yeah. cities like New York, Miami, you might have one and a half. That's it. The rest of them are camouflages being a manager, but they don't like to get out and do that dirty work. Like, uh, damn, I think we need to do expert promotion on this shit, like you did last night. You know? Yeah. Our time on the paper ain't enough. How the game? Okay. Can you keep the sound down, there? Is that all right?
2: Thanks, Junior. See, the deal is, is that. Uh, on the, uh, on the managers around here, their whole scam is like to, yeah. uh, to get you a record deal, get the advance, and then that's it.
1: Yeah. And they
2: make the little 25%, which is what they get nowadays, and then they walk away to the next victim. Yeah. And that's it. They just they don't give a shit about you after that. They get their little advance, they move ahead, and the next time your record contract comes up again, then they'll work for you. Get the next advance, then go away again. You never see hide or hair of them.
0: He's right. And see, I don't give a fuck what they say. A manager, a real manager, can't handle but one group
1: yeah.
0: and do a good time. Now, see, you as a manager, and we're the You manage him, you manage Dino, and you manage me. You can do a shitty job and make money, but we can't because you're getting 25% from him, 25% from Dino, and 25% for me, and we're individual. Yeah, You know what I mean? And that means one of us, uh, no, two of us are getting shitty. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not the way he could be, you know. So a good manager yeah. said, Well I can take this guy here and I will do my best. It's his review, well that saves the point. I'll just manage the review. They know review. And so it's easy. They let Dino worry about all them other Japs and Haitians yeah. and got in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do. Get out and get the shit played. That would make it easy on him. And as good as we are on stage, you ain't seen nothing compared to what be. Yeah. he and me didn't have to worry about nothing but performing. You know, yeah. Dino, I don't have to worry about because I know Dino takes care of it. I, which is ain't fair in a way, but he, he's no, good at he's, that. You know, he collects money, and I don't have to worry about not getting paid. And then him. And Dino gets out, and all I had to do was that Dino calls. He said, Be down there like he did today. I go. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, I don't have a worry. The uh, last night I hit the stage, I I went to bed that morning at 6 in the morning. I woke up at 8 in the morning, and I was up at 8 in the morning uh, on so the show. And I went to the stage, and I was beat. We had just marched down sixth street back. Sure oh, man. Is. And I mean, you know, it was like it gets to a point, like I used to get really upset. I said, Man, you know, it's like I shouldn't be doing all this stuff. And I started delegating my authority to different people, man. All of a sudden stuff wasn't getting done. So I just say, Screw it, I, now I just I go
0: for it.
2: That. You know, <laughs> so now I just do it myself. And I said screw it, I mean the only way you can get it done, do it yourself, you gotta do it. That's the way it goes. You know, it's not a big deal. It's not Jim and I was talking yeah. like that. But all of
0: you man we did that with I mean some of the superstars you know. He would have all kind of fights it never would have got done. He said, "Like, hey, let's go promote everybody out. me and everybody else. Yep. And I rode around, I thought we were done then. Then he said, no, everybody's ass out. Now we're going to walk back around there." <laughs> what the fuck? And when I finally got back to the club, I had to like take mouth to mouth. And he gets on stage and jumps up and down and all that shit. <laughs> I said no. Yeah, I it was gonna. A, put it was the- a long
2: walk. Man. We mm-hmm. walked from Congress all the way to Emo's
0: and then back. Oh, yeah, yeah, but he yeah. was fresh. And like I said, he gets about two hours sleep. My ass! <laughs> I had to get in the bed. I'm gonna go back in the bed when I leave him in order to do a good show tonight. <laughs> and his ass will never go to bed. <laughs> uh, did last night? Believe me, I slept pretty good. He did.
2: Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, think about Blowfly, man, which, which was really cool. A lot of the, a lot of the rappers today that they keep in contact with him and a lot of, I noticed a lot of artists keep in contact with him. Like he did a show in New York. And uh, Jimmy was telling me how like, I believe it was George Clinton. George Clinton yeah,
0: came out. I didn't even know he was there until yeah. last we left. He just, somebody said, want to wave, I wave, and you then of know, course you're busy. And then he said, I'm leaving an elevator. Okay, I don't know who he is. Like when I'm on stage, you know, you don't think about it. Like, you know, he had to watch too many things. In other words, uh, Bill Blowfly, George Clinton, you're still great, hanging in. George Clinton, yeah, wow. that's a, that was the motherfucker with the beard, because 'cause yeah, he's yeah. got a beard with everything he eaten in the last 20 years in the <laughs> fucking beard. And I didn't know who well, I thought it was just some bone dude. You no, know me from yeah, yeah. God, I felt yeah. like an asshole when I found out that was George Clinton. Yeah. God, I'm mindin' Busey calling. They had Macy on the other side. Somebody do do the incredible fuck. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then those, and then you talk like N.W.A. and stuff.
0: You tell them. yeah, like yeah, contact with those people, right? And, and uh, they called and they was fucking with me about the name. I was doing this interview and I book about their name. You know that N.W.A. is supposed to be niggas with an attitude, and I told who that was, uh, Dick Clark friend, is stands for niggas without asses. <laughs> and I said, don't tell him. Let it come out in the interview. <laughs> His mother said. This group, this Y group that do all of that dirty stuff and violet calls, they said they're gonna get you, said somebody, niggas without ass. <laughs> I know what they're talking about, mother, don't worry about it. <laughs> Have you ever been sampled? Oh, plenty of time. They're yes. making my biggest money now on that This group, uh, they don't know him if I can call his name sample the whole record of Clean Up Woman and they changed the clean up band and yeah, was, yeah, Andy, yeah. He's, he's, yeah 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 so I got some money coming from windswept and then up. they sampled the whole record yeah. and that one reason it is though that's show how talented he is the reason they sample shit is because they can't duplicate the live band funk <laughs> yeah. so they sample it he would never have to sample and I would unless listen want to because he can get motherfuckers like he got and create the real sound so it's a different but rap routine do that. And another thing they use, if you listen to every one of these records out there, one weakness they got, and they, that's really, to me, they, they would never be greatest as Dean or me. they would be more successful, but they won't be as great. It's violent. They always come out burning some motherfucker alive, cutting the mailman's dick off, and making his little daughter eat his shit. That is easy. Anybody can be violent. It like. Nancy, you red go out because you blah 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 blah, blah red. The reason you're successful not because you're nasty, you're funny with it. Yes. And as he got older, his attitude took over. So he stopped being funny and went to nasty. You know, you Jews bastard me. blah blah blah. And they sit out there and do that. Well, what's wrong with him? I, I said, because you just the nasty as you used to be. The only difference is you're not as funny. You know, I said, you can't always tell, you know, get out there and. Take your attitude out on the crowd, you know. You, travel,
2: you traveled with Red Fox, didn't you? Was yeah, that yeah, yeah. You were about yeah with Red
0: Fox? Yeah, yeah, and Honesta and uh, yeah. And that was in Europe
2: or Yeah, yeah.
0: But a lot of people think he was prejudiced. They were right. He yeah. didn't like blacks. <laughs> I mean, this shouldn't be in the interview, maybe you should cut that out, but uh the women's he married, you could tell. It was always Chinese or Hungarians or <laughs> Korea. Yeah, Korea. Korea. I thought. No 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 don't don't you and you, know, you got them because you couldn't deal with the black woman mentality. They'll kick your ass, the community. What? And Esther
2: has a peculiar sexual habits too, doesn't she? Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> <we> <laughs> like they're sh- taking big old dildos up the ass. Don
1: you know,
0: Esther? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, her, he what the fuck? We need this publicity anyway. Yes, hon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she's a full-fledged, like a dyke <laughs> man.
2: <laughs> yeah, loves she loves eating
0: pussy. <laughs> <even. laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you have some little sisters in the wrestling who with you. <laughs> <laughs> who, that,
2: who were we talking about the other day? Grace Jones. Tell the Grace Jones story. That was a good one. That's
0: Grace it. Jones was fucking this guy from Rocky Fire, you know, Dolphin line of this guy. In real life, you, get hard. you know, you got a lot of guys with 18, 19 inch dick, but you did get hard by the blood coming in the end of it. At that, at that length, you can't get enough blood in it, so you just got a big old dick that you can't do shit with it. You know what I mean? You got to eat pussy with your lunch. This bitch is about 14 inches or 15. Some say 16. And it gets hard. And it's not as long the bitch is like this. And he's got Grace Jones in the book at some hotel in Europe. Uh, it's got to be hard for one of those places. Anyway, she called in Frank Brothers. She's on the phone. Oh, no, no. I want a suite with double bed, double king-size bed. Kings of it, and he, boom, boom. yes, my name is Grace Jones. <laughs> Whatever you want, I got American Express, blah, 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 and he's pounding away. <laughs> The maid was assigned, you know, they have special maids when you big stock them on there. You assigned a Grace Jones to sweep, and you don't do nothing else but see what the bitch want and take care of her, you know, that's to go in there. So this was the maid, because she was in and out, and Grace Jones was, ah, oh, come on in, child, put this shit down all and all that. And everything, this is the truth. They had had this uh, this, this shit about, uh, you know, Eddie Murphy and Senior Hall over there when they were shooting. uh, uh, This was the the rumor. When they were shooting Coming to America. Yeah. These girls were signed to their suite. They got suites over there like, if me and you, and me and Dino were staying there, and uh, they know we guys, we don't want to sleep in the same bed. So we got a king size bed here and a king size bed there. It's the same room, but Dino got his king size bed. I got mine. You know, I got his TV said, I got mine. We go out the same door and come in the same door. They said for a week and a half, while they were shooting, coming to America, only one fucking bed was slipping.
1: in. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: is weird. Because guess so the end of the day, you can take, You know, they one of the beds was like trying to mess it up and get it. Up. But if you get a bed that's just been made, you can tell what it's been slept in. But somebody just took the covers and threw it all around there because it's not going to be the right for this.
2: Go and start a gossip call. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Tell all the true dope. <laughs> <laughs> about celebrities. <laughs> have, have either of you ever had any trouble? Have you ever gotten in any trouble over lyrical content, or like you had taken other people's songs and, and changed them around? Was there any like legal action or? Trouble
0: no, over? no, and uh, I used to be a, a little shy of saying it, Did but you now that? I find that it, 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 it's, a, it's got, when you got original like Dino, who can create shit from scratch a meme when you actually got talent. You think you really degrade yourself by stealing some shit from no Now you might take a baseline and you'll say like Dino say So pop by James Brown do 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 but I think I wanna do something like that. So he copied maybe changed the note not the group not the notes, but the groove. That's how you get your copy the feel. Before you're stealing somebody else shit, when you're original like Dino and myself, you figure I can write better shit. Yeah. Only the talent, and I hope you put this in. Only the talentless motherfucker, talentless, go around and steal other people's shit. You know, and but I mean, sample the whole record and shit.
1: Did you ever have any problems like when you did parodies and things like that? Huh?
0: Did like you getting ever getting have any problems like get sued for like doing parodies of things? You know? Oh, you mean it's, yeah, it's yeah, blow-by? Yeah. because the blow-by make fun of that. Yeah. Oh yeah, they banned me. Uh, <laughs> they went, What record was that? You know, what a difference a oh, look. Yeah, you I gotta the, tell you the, that the story. So. Yeah, did what a difference a right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. uh, Esther Phillips came out with What a Difference of David. Remember she did this right. conversion? And the guy who wrote the song was the president of ASCAP. At that time, it was bigger than John Moses. And I covered it with a difference of lately. So they say was that the Henry Stone? You remember Henry Stone? Henry They was that this big party in New York where only the 60, year old white Jewish bitches go, and they got diamonds on everywhere, and this ring is worth more money than you're making your whole life on like. yeah. And somebody said, Levinsky, that was the name of the last name I, Somebody else just covered your, uh, your one the difference that they make. This is the only song you ever written, a huge song. Oh, bro, it, put it on. And it was my version. And he almost had a fucking heart attack and he sued us and we had to be cold and all. Oh, it was the big shit. And the jurors come over there and said, the old guy really don't want to, off the record, he really don't want to harm me. He said, wish you had to the right you. You signed the BMI for something like a thousand years or some shit. But he wish he had. What he want to do is make sure you don't fuck up nobody else song. That's going to start to really yeah Write your own shit. And I said, okay, how much is going to cost? Said, you, you, you are fucking lucky. That's what the jurors Yeah. you are only going to charge you and Henry Coke cost. And the fucker charges $40,000 for Coke costs. That didn't mean the jurors got taken care of. I told Henry, said, that old bastard. I say, you're talking about a jury. How did you know? <laughs> I said, because he had told me the president of ASCAP didn't want to harm us, right? He's going to have to pay cold calls. There ain't no way in the world on $40,000 cold calls coming. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're doing. We had to lay cold for a couple of years, but that was the only thing. you yeah. know. But that one, like I said, that wasn't for airplane, because blow fly at that time I wouldn't get no airplane. Yeah. But like we're doing clean stuff, you know, we, we don't copy stuff when you're me yeah. in the casino. Uh what you think about the group? Put some lyrics for me. And me and him such a good friend, I just come up with a birth when, If you need a birth or whatever, and give it to him and there's no sweat. When you get money he always takes he always think of him anyway, you know, so why there's no problem. All right, about, hey
2: Dave. Hi. Um they're putting up more risers, so we'll tell them where you want. Okay. So what what um what ultimate plans do y'all have for
0: the we'll next couple of years, whatever, as far as together. Well, doing. I'm glad you said that. I'm going to let Dino say that. Go
2: ahead, Anthony. Uh, no, just, Blowfly's doing a, doing a couple of movies. He, he finished a movie that I, that I worked with on um, called The Twisted of World of Blowfly, and that's going to come out pretty soon. He's doing another movie now called, uh, well, he'll be doing it, they're going to finish it up called uh, No More Clothes for Whitey. And uh, it's a pretty funny movie. They're going to have uh, some of the voices of that. Uh, Blowfly going to be in it, but then they have some other voiceovers with Re, uh, Rudy Ray Moore and uh, and possibly the uh, Wanda Page, people like that. And then I don't know. I'll, I'll be, ho- hopefully, we'll be able to. Uh, I wrote a song on that album called "Lots of off. That's, that's what song. I that on it, and it was meant for Blowfly to sing on it. Mm-hmm. But when I just when I cut it, we just we haven't had a, we didn't have a chance to do it. So hopefully, we'll be able to cut that song together.
0: Maybe yeah, cut another song. they can get our play on. Yeah, okay, another, yeah, another yeah that's what
2: I'm excited about. Uh, yeah. And that, we can tour
0: yeah. we put this show he got on a tour. Can't miss. Impossible. Get
2: together mm-hmm. and maybe do a little tour with him. Hopefully, mm-hmm. which is stuff we're talking about. <clears throat> see what happens. Yeah. You know, it, it'll happen eventually. Just mm-hmm. probably
0: sooner than later. See, the manager the of this show he put together has, um, any of any other show out right there. You go to see George Clinton. You're not gonna see no rap. You just got to hear him sing that old R&B song. That's what they do best. That's what he's saying if you go to see dnwa all you're gonna have a rap about is killing motherfuckers this one or the ghetto boys and if you want to hear love songs you go to see uh the oj's you uh, ain't got luther vandross you gonna hear nothing but a love song but in this show you get a all of you know from rap nino raps and some stuff and from singing and if you want well, i don't like none of that nigga music i'm gonna have acid rock he do some of that shit. so the show covers all uh are the yeah it's, like,
2: variety act.
0: yeah. it's like spiritual. I'm gonna let them to get me to do a spiritual, one. I like the little drummer boy, you know. Yeah. <laughs>
2: well, the deal is is that uh, anyway, we're just gonna. It, it seems to work pretty well, but I think probably we have to go to New York and, and just drum up some interest out there. Mm-hmm. I think New York's probably a good place.
0: Mm-hmm. We took to Sobs the show there? Yeah. Oh my God, it would, would blow their mind. I would yeah. there with I know. And it, yeah. it was just me. I go on and then we go on and they love it. See, this shit we destroyed the motherfucker. Gary Baines is the guy he's talking about, Gary, is he
2: played saxophone with the Blowfly and then he worked with me for about three years and he wrote two of the songs of that album. With me. Right. So uh you know, uh, we got a lot of mutual friends, a lot of mutual musicians mm-hmm. that we know. So it's just kinda natural the way it kinda comes together. It's just it's no work involved, it's a lot of fun. But to go national for this thing to go national, I think we have to come out of New York. It yeah, yeah. won't happen out of this town. There's nobody even here that's qualified to promote or represent us mm-hmm. uh, because they're more used to handling roots rock bands and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which we're not. It's really yeah. bizarre. It's just, just funny because music has gotten into a, a circle that the real extreme alternative stuff now has met with the old school funk you know, through bands like the Chili Peppers and people like that. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of made it a, a renaissance for this kind of music, 70s kind of uh, funk music, R&B stuff. So as a result, like when we do our show, man, you, you see guys out there you know, in a pit, man, going nuts. This kind of music.
0: You got an advantage now, because I saw you feminine last night. And you can send on one of them tapes in the audience reaction. They can help with the like this. Yeah. yeah.
1: I also want to know, have you ever worked with Rudy anymore? Oh, plenty of time. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, the shows that we did together. The audience, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, but it's not as tight as Dino because they don't, yeah. you know, they got their own little, little. Yeah. I gotta say it, it's a, a more little resentment thing, you know, like. Yeah. They're competitive. The, yeah, and they he got this they got this thing like, we've been out here longer than you, so you're supposed to be under underneath us no, it don't work right there, mm-hmm. you know. I've been out longer than Dino, yeah. but Dino hit does something thing that got yeah, when I know Jimmy when but Dino, you
1: yeah.
0: know, and out here I would be home producing records with some talentless bitches in the studio <laughs> 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 trying to hold his daughter for ransom so we could get the studio time if Dino don't have the booked me out here you know so you just respect each other's talent what they do best you know yeah well, right. it seems
1: like you've been out longer than you've been doing things longer than rudy though haven't you? He, it, it, yeah but he
0: don't think that so i've been no. dealing with big people longer than here yeah. he had a couple of pictures out but it was a little you know moving in black era and it was good he was yeah, good yeah, he yeah, sold okay. some record but I've been dealing with the Morris Leapers and the Barry Gordy's and all that shit before I could um, spell Holly, you know. They go in the studio and they say, well, uh, we're having trouble with the, with this then here. Uh, we're called Clarence, and he had this little nigger boy walk in there with raggedy shoes on, and he's he was like, what the fuck is he gonna do? And I tell him the court they're hitting wrong. You know, you're using a augmented suspension chord, but you got to use the A bass. It don't fit, and then when they play it, it fits, you know. That's something i just been doing all my life, cause. We didn't have, uh, I, I didn't have, uh, they had too many sisters and brothers to go to school and learn how to write music. So I had to listen at the radio and figure out what chord they playing and memorize the shit cause I couldn't spell them. So it come easy with me, you know, i never recognized Clarence, what are they in? I said, that's simple, they in a, a, a G, that's a G, but what? that's that, not, I said, no, all they're is the F you know, it be like, boom, boom, and the F to that bass a boom, and it sounds complicated and it's simple, it's a suspended chord, so don't yes, I mean, like some
2: of the shows that we did in L.A., man, we, we got a lot of respect from the from the uh, music community out there, that We would do shows, man. I mean, like the Chili Peppers would be out there and, oh, and sure. Fishbowl All these cats would be out there. In fact, Norwood raps on his latest record. On this one here, Norwood's on the album, and uh, and Flee was even playing trumpet in the band for sure a while. Sure was, and I didn't yeah. know
0: it was Flee the afterward when Lino told me. I didn't know who that was. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> he really was, man, and
2: like. He's on the video. That too. was when they were getting ready to do the Mother's Milk album. then he got so busy doing that that he couldn't play anymore. And then and then later on I got hooked up because Flea and Flea and the other cat from Fishbone that plays trumpet couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. So we got uh, I got hooked up with a couple of cats from by the Fire. And then we started working with those guys, and that that was much heavier in the horn section. But uh, yeah, when we played, man, everybody was in the
0: audience. It was unbelievable. Sure. Every musician oh, the later. entertainers showed up, and yeah. I don't even, I would never remember who that was. You know who that was? Right. <laughs> well,
1: that seemed to be, I think, where you hit hard was with a lot of entertainers and stuff. I think a lot of the people, a lot of people in the music had, had heard of right. Blowfly more than like this comedy. Right, but I wasn't
0: aware. I was uh, yeah. well-known in yeah. L.A. If yeah. Dino mentioned the Jimmy, then they brought me out here. You know, I didn't. I had never been to LA. Never been to LA and Texas. Those are the places I had never been. Here.
2: You never been to Texas, I I brought him out here last year for Yes, yeah, that's my first time being in Texas. Ever. Yeah. yeah. Which is weird because <laughs> there was a guy masquerading as you out in Texas, wasn't there? You Mas- told me, you told me. That. Yeah, some guy was coming out with a mask and he was blowfire
0: That's when he stopped wearing his mask. <laughs> yeah, about stopping, Jimmy made me you look better with it on. I said, why? Because you're so fucking ugly. Put him on a mask. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm going to go check on my account out there,
0: man. So. Okay.
1: You're
0: okay, about yeah. to finish. Yeah, you guys yeah. guys, go ahead and talk to him some more, man, if you want to. Yeah, go ahead and talk to him. Yeah, more. if you
1: want to give any clothing. I'm, the kids.
0: I'm 22. I'm 21. Okay, which one of y'all got the biggest dick? Probably me. <laughs> 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 nah, <that's>
1: Clothes, <laughs> that's it. No more in a
2: <laughs> no, <don't> group. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> 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 what else, uh?
1: Let's see, though. Yeah,
2: what else can we ask about, right? Let's you, Have you still been doing that? What about songwriting, though? Are you still going to continue writing? For yeah, me? it
0: was basically, man. I got a record on my niece, Pookie. She's a 14-girl ready-made freak. It's a rock record. Yeah? Yeah, and I, it should be looking for a deal on that. I don't know where what that's coming out of, huh? What's her name? Pookie. Her name Pookie? is Shantae, but we're going to call her something like Shanta Pookie. I'm going to fuck, really fuck her name up and <laughs> shit. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I'll work. Well, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. let, say
1: your address or whatever. And I oh, okay,
0: uh, my address is 189 35 Northwest 23rd Avenue, Miami, Florida. The zip, I think, is 33056. Okay. And the phone number is 628 3157. What's the area code? 305. 305. And on the beach, the address of the company is uh 843. Washington Avenue, and I don't know the zip, but the phone number is five three eight four eight eight zero. You know, Bob okay. Crane is the president. Okay. Of the company, there, yeah. Right. And
1: uh, I'll give you. I'll write down a number and address for you. Okay. And make sure I get a copy
0: when y'all put it out. Oh, you he will. Okay. It might be like a month and a half. Or okay, Two Hello, out there. You're swinging flames. You're diggin' the sound of the blue fly, man. Whenever I'm around and you're singing in town, I listen to the session with the big, big. Let me do it again. <laughs> hello out there you swinging fans you listen to the sound of the Bluefly man whenever I'm around and you're swinging town I listen to the station with the big big sound KPFT g- g- give me that year what 90 90 <laughs> Hello, out there, you swinging fans. You listen to the sound of the Bluefly Man. Whenever I'm around and you're swinging in town, I listen to the station with a big, big sound. 90.1 KPFT in Houston. Yeah! Uh,
1: uh, 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 uh. work. Cool. This-